Welcome everyone to the ACL Athlete Podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about everything related to the ACL, whether that's the injury itself, the rehab process, return to sport, and more. I'm your host, Dr. Ravi Patel, performance physical therapist and coach. Between myself and fellow guests and experts, you'll learn through the lens of the patient, the healthcare professional, and the coach. The goal of this podcast is to equip you, the athlete, with the education to make the best informed decision about your care and your ACL journey. Thanks for joining. Now let's dive into today's episode. What is up, team? If you are new to this podcast, welcome. If you are a longtime listener, I thank you. Thanks for hanging out with me and for being on this ride with me. Now let's dive into episode 118, why waiting for ACL surgery might be the best decision you ever make. So last week, we covered the importance of knee status going into surgery. Today, I want to piggyback off of that and highlight why waiting and not rushing into ACL surgery can provide a lot more than just a solid knee status when considering this ACL reconstructive pathway. So I mentioned how most ACL injuries don't need to be rushed into surgery with the exception of a few situations, time sensitivity, career goals life-threatening or bad instability type situations where you can make the knee worse, healthcare system issues, or work life, and you just got to kind of make it happen. So there are situations where it makes sense. But for majority of people we see, we talk to, and most people, they don't fall into these buckets. They are the ones who have more flexibility and can wait in terms of having ACL reconstructive surgery. And so there are tons of perks to waiting. But before we dive into those perks, if you are someone who is listening and you're like, I didn't get to wait for my ACL surgery, whether it was the timing or just a recommendation by the healthcare professional, or maybe you just didn't know. I was in a similar bucket, so don't feel bad. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you can't have a good outcome or a good process. This is just something to highlight for any of you ACLers, or maybe if you're a coach or clinician listening to this, for people who are considering ACL surgery. And maybe you are in this kind of situation where you have to decide, do I have ACL surgery now or do I wait? What should I do? Well, I want to talk about the reasons why that could be beneficial, but if you had to rush into it, there's still so much upside to being able to make sure that you can have a good recovery process and to make sure that you can rehab the right way. So there's no one way to do it. There's just a lot that is upside to waiting. And now there is no perfect time, of course, for how long to wait or why to wait as it will be context specific for each person. But I do want to break down some of the reasons for those upsides and perks to waiting. Last week, I mentioned it allows the need to heal from the injury and quiet down. So that is one major perk here. Remember, ACL injury and surgery are two separate traumas to the knee. The knee needs to heal from the first trauma, that first injury, 
and allow it to get back to baseline, get stronger, do that prehab if we can, get the range of motion better, get all of the things that we mentioned before to get better before you approach this second trauma to the knee, which is the ACL surgery. And I use that analogy of dropping instead from the 10th floor to the seventh floor. Well, how about we do prehab and get back to the seventh floor so we don't drop as much or we're going to drop even lower, which is going to make a harder climb back up. So we want to make this as smooth as possible and feel familiar for you because it's going to be a long road ahead. Setting expectations is probably one of the biggest pieces in this process and just getting familiar with rehab. If you seek out help from a healthcare team, including a PT, Hopefully this allows for a conversation to talk about what the journey for ACL rehab is going to look like and what that roadmap is. Also, you'll be able to get used to what you'll be doing, aka it's not a walk in the park for ACL rehab. Setting expectations about this process, how there will be ups and downs, having the specific criteria and goals to meet phase by phase making sure that you don't get so stuck on time. There's so many conversations every single session or every single week I have with my athletes where we're talking through a lot of these educational pieces to understand the expectations and also what does our path look like ahead so we can make sure we're in the best mindset because that is going to be so key to having good outcomes in the ACL rehab process. Next up is that it allows the opportunity for prehab. Prehab, as I had mentioned, is preoperative rehabilitation. And research time and time again shows us that better long-term outcomes happen for people who integrate prehab into their ACL rehab process. So maybe you do that for a few weeks, maybe it's four or eight weeks, maybe it's 12 weeks. We always tell people to at least give it four to eight weeks at a very minimum, if it's possible with your schedule, timeline, and everything to do that. And this allows you to get back to a solid baseline, allow that knee to heal, and allows us to also grab pre-injury or sorry, pre-surgery data, which is so crucial to this process especially for the unaffected side. So we have a comparison before we kind of get all inundated with this entire ACL rehab process and potentially that uninjured side also decreases in strength and its overall capacity. Another perk is that it's an opportunity to see if you're a coper. And what we use in this ACL world is coper versus non-coper. These are basically people who tear their ACL and we're trying to see, can they cope without an ACL? And people can kind of vary all over the place here, but we do see a category of people who can be a coper, which means that they are able to carry on with their lives and with most of their activities without the ACL. And it's always going to come back to the knee status, the goals, and also your own risk reward of what it is that you choose to do. So for example, if the knee is super unstable and you have high goals of getting back to a high level cutting pivoting sport like soccer or rugby or something where you're going to really demand high load and cutting and pivoting and jumping on the knee, then that's going to be tough without an ACL. But there are people who do it. And those people can potentially be copers. But then if the knee continues to give out or let's say that you're continuing to have problems with it or it doesn't align with the goals, then you might fall into that non-coper category. But this prehab 
that you do or the time between the ACL injury to surgery, it allows you to see if you do fall into potentially a COPER category. And as I had mentioned, the the buckets that'll be important are going to be the knee status, that instability that it feels, the goals you're trying to get back to. And as I had mentioned, that risk reward of do you want to force things with the ACL not being there versus not. And some research can show that the ACL can heal over time. There's a recent one that came out over the last year that has shown that. But with that said, we're not really sure about some of these details, maybe about the structural integrity of what is healing exactly. Is it scar tissue? Is the ACL mending back down? And then also what is that component or how does it exactly work? Does it work like the original ACL? Does it not? We're not really sure, but we have seen some people where healing shows up on the MRI over time and it's something important to consider especially if you're not doing higher level cutting, pivoting type movements. And let's say, for example, your knee is responding really well, or you had a good baseline going into it. You're super strong. All you do is maybe uh, straightforward running, and maybe you like to just do some hiking. There's some reason to say, okay, let's give this a shot and see. I worked with an ACL last year where he does jujitsu and he decided to go a non-operative approach and he really just wanted to see, okay, can he be a coper? And it turns out he was. There were a few situations where maybe his knee got a little dicey with jujitsu, but a lot of the times he never thought about it and never really uh, translated or it never went out of place and he felt super stable, which is awesome. So with that said, he was someone who was able to be a coper without an ACL intact. And so this gives him an opportunity to see that between the ACL injury and the b- between the ACL surgery, it gives you an opportunity as well to see that as well. If you're trying to make that decision and go that route. Lastly, and most importantly, I save the best for last, is it helps to make informed and educated decisions. This process is a lot. It's so much freaking info. You're just like, what am I doing? Who do I see? What graph do I get? There's so much different information to filter through. It's like drinking out of a fire hose, literally. It's like you went up to a fire hose and you just put your face up to it and you turned it on. And you're like trying to figure out how can I drink out of this? How can I sift through this information and figure out what is the best situation for myself? And people have differing opinions, even in healthcare. You go from the US to Europe to Australia to South America to Asia. There's so many differing opinions based on the type of medicine they practice, maybe the research that they've read and the surgical techniques to the rehab techniques. There's so many things that are in place that there's so many differing opinions, which is great to have a variety of opinions, but it also makes it harder as a patient and as a person on the consumer end to make decisions. So that's where we need to make sure we field professionals who are very well educated, who give you a gut feeling of we're making the right decision and possibly fielding multiple opinions. I think it's so important in this process, whether it is a surgeon, whether it's a physical therapist, even a coach, whoever you're working with, to be able to consult multiple opinions. And I encourage that from ACLers, even if they're looking to work with us or consult with us, I encourage them to make a very educated choice on being able to see their options and what feels right to them and who's going to give them the best opportunity to guide them 
back to where they want to be. And I think that that's so key. And I think the other side to this too is that there's opinions from actually ACLers. You might have Bertha and ACL Facebook group saying the bear plant is amazing. And you've got Ron on Reddit saying that you should get the quad tendon because it's the best tendon around. And then you've got some mojo saying like, hey, you should go allograft because it doesn't cause any pain and it's the best. So this is what makes this process so hard is that there's a lot of anecdote. And I think it's important that while anecdote can be helpful, it's also important to consider the research, professional opinions, experience with any type of injury or recovery, but especially ACL injury and recovery. Our retail rates are way too high for us to just take an opinion off of Facebook or Reddit. And I think that that is what is key here is being able to make sure that we have time to make informed and educated decisions. And waiting allows you to research, to build your ACL team, and to make these informed and educated decisions about what you want to do and feel confident in those choices. This isn't just some removal of scar tissue or stitching something down. It's a major surgery. And I want to make sure we stress that. And I want for any ACL or coach clinician listening to this to be able to help support and to make sure on this journey, know that it requires time to make good decisions. And there's tons of upside to waiting, in my opinion, not a whole lot of downside, really. So that is going to be it for today, guys. I hope that this is helpful. This is something that I just wanted to reiterate more than anything, because I think I see a lot of people just rushing into surgery and I hate it because what ends up happening is that they get out of it and they're like, yeah, I just didn't have much time in between my injury and my surgery. And in most situations, they had the chance to be able to push it a little bit, but there's someone maybe telling them, oh, there's a slot available, or they're thinking, let me just get this over with. And while that can be a fair rationale or a fair reason to move forward, I'm going to push back against that and say, here are some perks why waiting can be so beneficial. All right, team, that's going to do it for today. Thank you all so, so much for listening. This is your host, Ravi Patel, signing off.